The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today on Tuesday, July 27th. Frank Stanfield joined by Chris Towers and Scott White. Look at us, two days in a row, all three of us here together. How about that? It's fun. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Today on the pod, we have Jorge Soler. Start there. The guy is hot. He's red hot. Should you buy these players? It's trade deadline week, but I have a feeling many fantasy trade deadlines are approaching as well. So we're going to pay close attention to acquiring players throughout the course of this week. Going to play some fantasy feud a little bit later on. Team name Tuesday and much more. Let's get started. Oh, my good goodness gracious. All right, Chris, you can fire it up here. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I had to go first. So Scott didn't steal it like he did yesterday. Yeah, we were talking uh, no. beforehand. Scott was trying to steal my player, too. What's going on here? I just uh, go after the biggest ones. He just doesn't want to put in the work. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> no, uh, Scott works very hard. Jorge Soler. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. Back-to-back home runs in multiple games. He has, what, six over his last five games, I think? Six over his last six. Six over his last uh, six, yep. You know, this was a guy who in... 2019 had he was one of the best hitters in baseball over the second half of the season finished with 48 homers uh, 117 rbi he's been pretty bad since then um even after this hot streak his numbers are still pretty mediocre for the season but you know the the skills never you know entirely disappeared he was still hitting the ball hard so the question moving forward is one yes you should add Jorge Soler if he's available. This the the fact that he's hitting this well right now, you know, you can't leave that kind of potential on the waiver wire. But you know, what are the chances that he keeps this going forward? That's a a much tougher question to answer. Um, but we know he's capable of it, at least. You know, we, we know he's capable of keeping this kind of run uh up for a significant amount of time. So I do think he's he's worth adding. What's interesting to me is he is hitting the ball just as hard in terms of exit velocity, in terms of hard hit rate, mm-hmm. as he did two years ago, that 2019 season where he hit how many home runs? 48? 48, yep. yeah. And his strikeout rate is back down to what it was then. 26.7 is what it 
is what it is this year. It was 26.2 then. In between last year, the short season, 34.5. It was terrible. You could understand why he fell off with the strikeout rate that high, but it's it's not that bad of a strikeout rate this year. I know comparing exit velocity this year versus two years ago, you know, with the with the change in the ball, yeah. players are hitting the ball, impacting the ball harder on average. At least that was certainly what how, how what the talk was in April. I don't know if I don't know. I haven't seen any update as to if those measures. I believe it changed is still any in the month the since. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I think the answer to the question can be can be found in a couple of places. Uh, one barrel rate is down to thirteen point two percent. That's lower than each of the previous two seasons. It was sixteen point six percent in twenty nineteen, um, and then you know. Baseball Savant on the player pages has a ton of different like little granular things that, you know, I don't think on their own tell you a lot. Like sweet spot percentage is one of them. Um, I remember like 2019, Kevin Biggio led the majors in sweet spot percentage, and that was something that people brought up like as a as a reason to like him. But you know, that doesn't really tell you much about co- the quality of contact. It's just you're within a a certain launch angle. Uh, on a certain number of your your batted balls. Uh, in that uh, metric, Jorge Soler is down from 34% in 2019 to 28% this year. And so I think what you're seeing there is like the launch, the average launch angle is a little higher, but I think what's probably happening is you're just seeing a lot more batted balls in the like lazy fly ball range. So, you know, that would probably be like, 25 to 35 or higher degrees for, you know, obviously it depends on how hard you hit the ball, but, um, and you can see that like he's gotten under the ball 30% of the time in 2019, it was 22%. So I think that's probably, uh, what the case was there. It's still curious. I mean, you say his barrel rate is down. It's still a good barrel rate that he has. So a good barrel rate combined with, 91st percentile exit velocity, 91st percentile hard hit rate, solid, you know, not, not so bad strikeout rate. It, it, I still feel like it just, it's just strange that he's batting under 200. I, I guess maybe today's performance put him just yeah, over his, 200. His, his XBA is 228. So, I know. You know, he I, has I just, been a, had a bit, a bit of bad luck, but yeah, I, I think it, it seems, it still seems weird that that's what the X, the expected batting average is when you yeah. just look at those other numbers. Like he looks like a stud hitter. Uh, a stud power hitter by those other measurements. So why is he expected to hit only 228? I think it's the stat cast. I think it's pretty consistent with what we've seen throughout the course of the season where there have just been some hitters that their home run to fly ball ratio is much lower this year than where it's been at the past two years, which given the baseball that they said that they were going to use this year and, you know, some of the results that we've seen from, from those hitters, it kind of makes sense. Like his home run to fly ball ratio entering today was 12%. Last year it was 23%. In 2019 with the juice ball, it was 28%. So, well, in for his career, it's 19%. I mean, he's he's way below career norms, even without the, the outlier 2019. There's just a few things here and there with the batted ball data. Line drive rate down about four percentage points. The pull rate is up about nine percentage points from where it was back in 2019. So, there's just like a few things, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's still weird that he's been this bad. Um, it may, maybe, but I, I guess what I'm getting at is maybe he's just been a little off. I think and that's if he the start answer. squaring it up better. Yeah, I mean, he could blow up. 
with huge numbers. Yeah, and we've seen that before. So that's why, you know, Chris is saying you should go out and add Jorge Soler. Scott, where do you think, what types of leagues should we be adding him? And he's 51% rostered, so he's available in some in some spots. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, five outfielder leagues, I would imagine he's already rostered, right? Uh, the ones yeah. that have expanded lineups like that. Three outfielder leagues, you know... I, he's probably still pretty fringy, but if you're looking for a hot hand that has upside, you know you're you're you've got like a boring uh, Hunter Renfro type or something that you're using. You know, swap him out for Jorge Soler. Wouldn't it be a bad idea? Mm-hmm. Would you drop Jared Kelnick for him? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to keep Kelnick around on the bench if I could, but he's you can't really start him right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely any categories, roto league where you need power. This is. Jorge Soler is someone that can get hot in a in a hurry. All right, Scott. Oh my goodness gracious for you for Monday. All right, I got the least interesting one here. I've got uh, Alex Verdugo, who hit a home run. He hit a home run. Wow, isn't that grand? It is because the last home run he hit was June fifteenth, over a month ago. Sheesh. And in fact, uh, he's been pretty horrible <laughs> since yeah. April. Pretty, pretty bad has Alex Verdugo been, which hasn't really been reflected in his roster rate. I mean, still universally rostered, still uh, basically started everywhere, 91% started in CBS leagues. And I'm just not sure he deserves it at this point. I mean, doesn't strike out much, so his his XBA is actually a little higher than his actual batting average. But like he doesn't impact the ball like a power hitter, and I don't know. He just looks pretty fringy to me. Not more. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you have to drop him. I'm not saying he's you know outside my top fifty outfielders rest of season. I'm just saying it's a little weird that we've given him this much leeway. Like we're treating him like a proven stud when I just don't yeah. think there's any reason to think of him that way. I think part of it is that the underlying numbers are you know still pretty strong 284 xba 442 x slug like that's that's pretty solid he actually has the highest average exit velocity of his career and it's you know i guess it's right around where 2019 would have been if you adjust for the for the difference in the ball um i think the problem for verdugo is that he's just kind of a very solid like low ceiling high floor kind of fantasy player like He'll probably hit 15 home runs. He'll probably steal close to 10 bases. He'll have a good batting average. And like, he's sort of what the pre breakdown Andrew Benintendi was. Um, But I don't know how much more he can be than that. Like, he relies so much on putting the ball in play. He's like a light version of pre Benintendi because pre Benintendi was a 2020 guy. And we're talking about a 15 10 guy here. Like, yeah. why would you prioritize Verdugo over Robbie Grossman at this point? That's difficult to justify. I mean, Verdugo certainly hasn't beaten batting average, but everything else, and if you're talking like a points league contest, t- context, the batting average doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, I mean, he was like a, between 2019 and 2020, he was like a 300 hitter with 18 homers, 8 steals, um, not a lot of RBI, fewer runs than you would like, but, you know, I think that's the answer is that just before this season, he had shown 
the ability to be more like a Michael Brantley. Yeah, I was going to say, he's kind of performed like a 270 hitter version of Michael Brantley. I mean, you know, Brantley used to give you a little bit more pop, maybe 20 to 25 home runs, but yeah, I mean, somewhere in the 15 to 20 range, maybe double-digit steals. He's not hitting near the top of the Red Sox lineup anymore. It looks like he's been batting sixth quite consistently for them. Uh, Something else for him this season... Verdugo has been awful against lefties. He's batting just 200 with a 488 OPS against lefties. He's been much better against Southpaws in his career. That's 269 career batting average. So he has underperformed uh, in that regard as well. So yeah, I mean, I think we probably don't need to treat him as a must-roster player, specifically in three outfielder leagues. Again, that is Alex Verdugo. For me, oh my goodness gracious, I'm going to go with uh, Brad Hand, who's having... Quite a bad July here. He gave up a three-run homer to Andrew McCutcheon in the ninth inning on Monday. Takes his fifth blown save and fifth loss of the season. Now has seven earned runs over seven innings pitched this month. That's a nine ERA. And just wanted to point out that Daniel Hudson is having a ridiculous season. And it's not one of these like Daniel Hudson seasons where the peripherals are very bad. Like everything's in line. He's got a 2.27 ERA, 0.88 whip, Bunch of strikeouts this season. Apparently, everybody on the Nationals roster is open to being traded, except for Juan Soto, which makes sense. Uh, But yeah, if Brad Hand is dealt or just continues to suck, I think Daniel Hudson could get a look in the ninth inning. I hadn't really had much reason to look at Hand prior to this this stretch of bad appearances. Uh, If anything, it was encouraging that his velocity was back up because remember, there was some concern about it dropping last year. But his whiff rate is horrible this year. Like, it would be among the worst for a starting pitcher. It, entering today's outing, it was 7.4% was with uh, was Hans swinging strike rate. Uh, you know, usually it's twice that. During, during the prime of his career, it was twice that. Daniel Hudson is currently 11% rostered. So if you do play in a deeper categories league or saves plus holds, he should probably already be rostered in those formats. But just keep in mind, Brad Hand has been very bad. Before we hit the news and notes, the NBA playoffs have wrapped, and that means it's NBA draft season. CBS Sports HQ is your home for Thursday night's event. We'll have pick-by-pick coverage, including grades and expert analysis for both rounds. How to stream HQ, you can watch on the CBS Sports app on your phone. It even pops out so you can have it play while you're scrolling Twitter. You can watch using the CBS Sports app on your connected TV, and you can watch on your computer via our NBA draft tracker, which will be easily available on the cbsports.com homepage and it's all free and featuring our good friends Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander, Avery Johnson, Bill Ryder, and Rip Hamilton. So don't forget, NBA draft coverage tips off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports HQ this Thursday. News and notes. An evaluation Monday revealed Mike Trout hasn't suffered any setbacks. He just continues to heal slowly. Joe Madden revealed that Trout has been feeling something in his calf while running. We mentioned that on yesterday's podcast. So there's no timetable, but at least I would say a couple of more weeks at at the earliest. I I don't know. If he's, I think he's probably at least, whenever he does go to a rehab assignment, he's probably going to need at least a week there given the length of the layoff. So, I mean, if he's not like running and playing in sim games yet uh, yeah i think at least three weeks I, I think three weeks would be a best case scenario right now and it's not like the angels are in the best position in terms of their division and in the wild card so they are 
11 games out of, of their division. So yeah. they don't really have much of a reason to, to rush Mike Trout back. Nick Castellanos is apparently feeling much better and could resume baseball activities on Tuesday. Seems pretty soon. Max Scherzer threw a successful 40-pitch bullpen on Monday. Uh, Scherzer was scratched from his scheduled start on Saturday due to right triceps discomfort. Eloy Jimenez returned and was batting cleanup on Monday. He finished 0-4 for 4 with a strikeout. I saw one particular at-bat where he was very late on a Mike Minor fastball, of, of all people. Uh, Jake Berger was optioned back to the minors as the corresponding move for the White Sox. Taylor Rogers was pulled in the ninth inning with a sprained left middle finger. Alex Colomay came in and promptly gave up a game-tying home run, a pinch-hit two-run homer to Robbie Grossman, the aforementioned Robbie Grossman. Uh, if Rodgers goes in the I.L., I'm guessing Hansel Robles would get a shot. I don't know if there's anyone else in this bullpen that interests you guys. Uh, I mean, Hansel yeah, I, Robles is already the saves leader. They're two were splitting the role, I imagine. It yeah. would just go to Robles outright. Yeah, yeah he's just been... Although he hasn't been good himself. Exactly. Yeah. No, but, he hasn't. Nobody's been that good in the bullpen. Tyler Duffy's ERA is the best, but he has a high whip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the reason why the Twins are in the position that they're in, so I guess it's not surprising. The Mets believe Francisco Lindor's oblique injury should require a four- to six-week recovery that would make mid to late August a realistic return date for him. Alec Manoa could return from the IL to start Saturday against the Kansas City Royals. Cattell Marte began a rehab assignment at the Arizona Complex League on Monday. Anthony Rendon is still on the mend from his hamstring injury and won't be ready to begin a rehab assignment this week. Another one, just like Trout. I mean, it's just been a nightmare season for Anthony Rendon. Chris Sale still needs two more rehab starts before joining the Red Sox. We kind of speculated that maybe it would be one on yesterday's podcast, but they confirmed at least two more for Chris Sale. Carlos Carrasco has a, quote, very real chance to start Saturday or Sunday this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to make a call Saturday, August 7th. That's when Chris Sale is going to come back. Red Sox have a doubleheader. That would be two turns through the rotation from his last outing. Putting it on the board, August 7th against the Blue Jays. I was going to say, is it against the Yankees? Because at Toronto. Nothing I would love to see than the Red Sox dominate the Yankees some more. And Chris Sale would do just that. Two turns. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think he has one rehab start left. So that could work. All right, a final decision has been made, but the Mets acting GM, Zach Scott, hinted at Noah Syndergaard being used as a reliever in the final month of the season. Does that mean we're in the clear to drop Noah Syndergaard? Uh, It's unlikely he's in a valuable role. Yeah, there's just not enough time for him to get built back up to be a starter, so it makes sense that they would use him out of the bullpen. Some Braves pitcher notes. Waskari Noah will begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday. Ian Anderson will throw off a mound later this week. Aaron Savale was transferred to the 60-day IL for Cleveland, which means he cannot return until late August, which originally it was a four- to five-week yeah. timeline, which would have been right around now. So this was actually pretty surprising that they transferred him to the 60-day IL. Uh, Kyle Lewis has begun hitting in the batting cage. He suffered a torn meniscus towards the end of May. And we did have a few trades on Monday. The A's acquired reliever Andrew Chafin from the Chicago Cubs in exchange for Greg Diekman. I think that's how you say his name. He was batting 300 with four homers, seven steals, and 881 OPS at AAA. He's also 26 years old, so he's a little bit older. Uh, I guess this just confirms if Craig Kimbrell is dealt it seems more likely that Ryan Tapera will be their next closer. Unless he himself is dealt. 
which is a possibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He he's a free agent after this year. Kimbrel actually doesn't have to be. So, in in a way, like I I could see Tapera getting dealt and Kimbrel not getting dealt. Though, I kind of expect, I I kind of expect Kimbrel to be dealt. It seems very likely. Also, worth noting, Greg Diekman, eight eighty one OPS at AAA. That is eighth among players on the Las Vegas roster who've had at least 100 plate appearances. <laughs> so they're that just mashing, huh? Ridiculous offensive environment out there in, in Las Vegas. Uh, the Yankees acquired pitcher Clay Holmes. Don't ask. I don't understand. In exchange for infielders Hoy Park and Diego Castillo. Now, I brought up the name Hoy Park before. Hoy June Park. Apparently, he wants to go by Hoy, Hoy Park now. Uh, he was currently leading Triple A East with a 1042 OPS. He was batting 327 with 10 homers and eight steals. The Pirates just traded away Adam Frazier. So I'll just there's a possibility that Hoy Park is starting in the near future at second base for the Pirates. Some batting average, some power, some speed. At least this year. So I'm kind of interested in like super deep leagues. Remember the name. Hoy Park. Uh, some trade rumors. The Brewers have looked into both Trevor Story and Josh Donaldson. If Donaldson is dealt, Jose Miranda is a prospect in the Twins organization that needs to be on your radar. He is batting 342 with 21 home runs in the minors. We spoke about him on our live stream Q&A a little bit earlier, Scott. But uh, Miranda's just absolutely mashing. I guess there's a chance that even if Josh Donaldson isn't traded, we see him very soon. Yeah, I think there's a chance he's versatile. Uh, the Twins are going to be auditioning guys for next year. And as I mentioned on, on whatever we call that thing that we do on Monday nights, what is that thing? Live stream Q&A mailbag extravaganza? Yeah, that we're not going to do anymore. It was fun. But yeah, as I mentioned on that earlier today, uh, the most interesting thing I can say about Jose Miranda is that he's the cousin of Lin-Manuel Miranda, which seems like that's always going to be the most notable thing you could say about him, no matter what he does in the majors. Would it surprise either of you to know that I haven't seen Hamilton? You should really watch it. It's very good. (laughs) It's kind of like Jamie Eisenberg, right? What is that? No, I've seen him. Like, what can Jamie Eisenberg do (laughs) that will measure up to his cousin Jesse Eisenberg, you know? I was going to say, yeah, you probably see Jamie quite a bit, Chris, or at at least over Zoom, I would, I would I, guess. I, I think I'm the most famous person in my family. Uh, I think I've cleared that low bar. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about like everyone who's ever existed in my family. I, I have no idea. Uh, John Heyman of MLB Network reported that the Yankees have made a trade offer for Trevor Story. I'm sure many teams are right now. Trevor Story, by the way, was hit by a pitch on his hand on Monday. He did stay in the game. It made a really bad sound, and, and he was like writhing in pain, so... Man, don't get hurt, Trevor Story. That's the last Rocky's thing we need. really playing with fire there. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, everybody on the Nationals is available, which I mentioned earlier, except for Juan Soto. There are some waiver wire starting pitchers who pitched on Monday. Let's talk about him. Kyle Muller at the Mets. Five shutout, four hits, two walks, three strikeouts. He has allowed one run or less in four of five starts. He has yet to complete six innings, so he doesn't go very deep into his starts. Joe Ross made his return, and he was... Fine. Five shutout, three hits, two uh, two walks, four strikeouts. His last six starts, including Monday, a 2.37 ERA for Joe Ross. 44 strikeouts to just six walks. Great strikeout-to-walk ratio for him there. Uh, and then Michael Pineda, he was up against the Tigers. Six innings, five hits, two runs, zero walks, six strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes on 85 pitches. 
Chris, how would you rank these three? Kyle Muller, Joe Ross, Michael Pineda. I guess Muller. No, Ross, Pineda, Muller. I feel like Ross for me is the most interesting. Um, and I think Pineda is just more likely to give you useful innings moving forward. Muller, I'm not 100% sure on, but I wouldn't be opposed to being Muller over Pineda either. Scott, what do you think of those three? Would you take any of them over Tuki Toussaint, who we spoke quite a bit about on yesterday's podcast? The only one I might take over Tuki is Ross, but I'm I'm interested in hearing why Chris described him as interesting because I feel like Joe Ross is really like his, his... his grip on success is a tenuous one. Like it's been steady enough for long enough, even coming off the IL here, he had another good start. Okay. Like at some point you just can't write off Joe Ross anymore. And yet I don't see what's actually good about him other than just the results. Uh, the results have been very good. I know That's most great. of it. It's just, you know, the last six starts and really you can go back a couple more and there was like one bad start that throws off the numbers, but He's just been really solid. He doesn't like, he doesn't have like a one great put away pitch, but his overall whiff rate's 29%, which is decent. His velocity is up uh, over this stretch. Um, And he's averaging what, like 94 and a half miles per hour right now? He was averaging. Uh, I'm just just saying the usual indicators of success Joe Ross doesn't meet. So he's kind of a. Yeah. He's. No, interesting is a relative term. That that may say more about Muller and Pineda. I will just point out with Joe Ross, the previous five starts, because Fangraphs doesn't have today's start included in the game log yet, uh, it was a sub-three ERA FIP and XFIP across the board for Joe Ross during mm-hmm. that stretch. And a lot of it has to do with the strikeout-to-walk ratio. He literally hasn't walked anybody. It's six walks over a six-start stretch, which is obviously a great mark. So yeah, I mean, at least the other ERA indicators are buying into Joe Ross during this stretch. But yeah, I mean, we do have a pretty large sample of him being pretty mean. He's also, he's healthy. Yeah. Or, or at least we hope so. (laughs) Literally today he is healthy. He was not, uh, before today, but right now, like he is the healthiest he has been in probably five years. Um, so that, that's part of it too. So I'm hopeful Michael Pineda is healthy now too, because he was dealing with that, elbow issue that never seemed serious enough to do more than skip a start with him, mm-hmm. but he kept having to skip starts. So two good starts in a row from him. Uh, the velocity was still a little down in this one, but obviously the results were good. He got 13 swinging strikes as well, which is a pretty good number for him. So hope, hopefully Pineda's back. Anything to see here with Mike Miner from Monday. He was up against the White Sox, six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. He had a season high 20 swinging strikes on 92 pitches, that's back-to-back quality starts for Mike Miner. Yeah, I thought I remembered he had a lot of whiffs in the last start, too, but he didn't. So, this this 20 whiffs number on its own, I think we can just file it away in case we see it again, but on its own, I'm not inclined to, to think it means anything. Yeah, Agreed. he had a five or six start stretch earlier in the season where I kind of bought in, and it just ended up backfiring, even after two quality starts here in a row. He has a 5.32 ERA on the season, so that is pretty bad for and, and Mike Miner. Weirdly, only a 33% uh, 
CSW rate in this one, cop plus uh, cop plus swinging strike rate, which is weird when you have 20 swinging strikes on 92 pitches. He only had 10 caught strikes. Um, Those are so, called strikes, by the way, Chris. Called strikes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone emailed in and they're like, tell Chris it's uh, called strikes, not whatever. caught strikes. Caught, caught strikes works too. <laughs> it's literally the same thing. Get out of here. Uh, that is, it's that actually is unfortunate. Just, the that, stat should just be caught strikes. C-S. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Well, I Give guess me one good reason it shouldn't be called caught strikes because that's all it is. It's every strike that gets caught. Well, it, I mean, called strikes are different from swinging strikes. Swinging strikes right, can so still it's just be caught strike percentage. But caught strikes. Well, a, a caught strike could be a batted ball that's caught. No, right? no, no, it was a strike that was caught. A caught strike that is a swinging strike is different than a called strike. But the stat is just called plus swinging strikes. I'm taking this as a win. All right. All I've right. never been wrong before and I won't start today. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, before we get into a few players, I got to ask you guys, should we be buying on these players final week here before we hit the uh, trade deadline? Got to tell you about one of our sponsors, Express. Express Confidence, Express You. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. They have everything you can imagine from suits and blazers to an everyday outfit, just like jeans, shorts, v-neck shirt, whatever kind of shirt you're looking for, polos. They have a great selection over at Express, specifically for their jeans. They have all different styles from skinny to slim straight to tapered and boot cut. You can also find their new four-way hyper-stretch denim, their stretchiest denim yet. And of course, you need something up top to complete your outfit. Check out their printed short sleeve shirts, which will help you stand out all summer long in a good way, of course. They have tropical and geometric prints for every vibe, or you can just buy a super comfortable V-neck shirt, kind of like the one that I'm wearing right now. It's purple. I enjoy it. Stretchy, nice, feels good. Moisture wicking fabric, by the way, too, so there's no sweat marks, which is great for me, by the way. And they're machine washable, so you don't have to worry about dry cleaning. We encourage all of our listeners to be on the lookout for great summer deals in stores and at express.com. Express confidence, express you. Should you be buying these players or no thanks? George Springer, he went one for three with two walks and a and two runs scored. On Monday, he has now let off three games in a row. He's also hit the ball much harder in July, while Marcus Semien has dropped down to third in the lineup during those games. Buy low or no thanks, bro. George Springer. I'll buy low because of the track record. I mean, there's... I think his strikeout rate's a little high. I was looking at him earlier today. I'm just going off memory here. I think that's a little high, but not alarmingly so. And, you know, given the sample size... Yeah. Something that could easily return to normal. So I, I'll buy low. All right. Well, we spoke Agreed. about Alex Verdugo earlier, and it seems like you guys were not really buying in. Would you buy low? Buy low or no thanks, bro. Verdugo. No thanks, bro. What do yeah, you think, Chris? Like, I, he's fine, but I'm not going out of my way to go get him. Yeah, I think for me, at least, I still have this image in my head big prospect pedigree. Maybe he can get there. It's a really good lineup too, but he's kind of dealt with this back injury on and off all season long. I mean, it could be something that's kind of just plaguing him under the radar that we just don't really hear about. Uh, Wade Miley had a very uninspiring start on Monday, four and one third, seven hits, three runs, five walks. We're not used to seeing that from Wade Miley. He also gave up eight hard hit balls. It was his first start going less than five innings since May 19th. If you can, would you be... I'm not even going to say buy low. Would you buy Wade Miley? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's kind of like 
it's kind of like Joe Ross, and then he's he's clearly outperformed his xFIP and all of that. Uh, and in Miley's case, he's such a good ground ball pitcher that he at least has that going for him. And he's been a better ground ball pitcher than ever this year. And this was really his only only his second bad start this year. Remember, I kept referring to that start at Coors Field he had in May. And if you took those numbers out, he'd have like a two ERA or something like that. Uh, he's been he's been reliable enough that I'll give him a pass for this. I, I could take him or leave him. I think you know it's he's probably going to be like a decent three seven ERA guy moving forward, which. It doesn't hurt you to have a round. It, it's kind of weird because Wade Miley was bad in the start, and him and Kyle Hendricks are, at least this season, they've been very similar pitchers in that they rely on generating soft contact. They don't get a lot of strikeouts. But Kyle Hendricks was also bad uh, against the Reds. Four and a third, nine hits, five runs, two walks, four strikeouts. And his last 15 starts before tonight, so since the beginning of May, he had a 2.66 ERA, Kyle Hendricks did, but it came with a 4.37 XFIP. Kyle Hendricks is someone that routinely outperforms his peripheral numbers, but they're not usually that bad. So I dug a little bit deeper. He's got a 42% ground ball rate during that stretch. That's 47% for his career. So people are lifting the ball more against Kyle Hendricks this season than ever before, and he's just getting less whiffs. Not that he ever gets a lot, but it's down even compared to where it normally is. 8.8% swinging strike rate. This season for Kyle Hendricks, that's been up over 10% each of the past two seasons. It was up over 11% last year. So I know he's been good, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like smoke and mirror-ish for Kyle Hendricks. What yeah, do you guys his think? whole career is smoke and mirrors. It's true, but this year especially you know? so, Chris. It doesn't yeah, worry you. No, I mean, like he, he's got a 382 uh, expected Wobon contact. That is by far the worst of his career. His career rate is 340. Previous two years were 331, 343. League average is 363. It's the first time he's been below average in that. And so, you know, between that and a slight reduction in his strikeout rate, yeah, Kyle Hendricks is pitching worse than than we're used to seeing from him. I don't know. I, I, I think he's Kyle Hendricks, you know? I kind I mean, of... He's going to do Kyle Hendricks things. I kind of think he's a sell high, man. 15 starts before this, a 2.66 ERA. That's really good, obviously, but... Like, the underlying stuff is much worse for Hendricks this year than we've ever seen. Scott, if you can turn Hendricks into George Springer, let's say, is that something you would look to do? I mean, it kind of depends on need. But I'd be fine with that if if you have openings in your outfield and have the pitching depth to do without Hendricks. I, I, think, I think that's fine. How do you feel about this whole, like, him being... Like, the underlying numbers are just a lot worse than usual. It's... It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. He's he's such a he's such a difficult pitcher to assess because he's kind of like he, he's kind of unlike any other starting pitcher in the majors. And uh, I, I understand what you're saying. It's been exaggerated this year, but you know, in theory, he should have failed years ago with with what his profile is, and he just keeps finding ways not to. And you know, he's so consistently goes deep into starts. I think I think during that 15 start stretch it was 14 quality starts, which is pretty remarkable. Okay, so no, it was it's a 13 start stretch. 12 12 of his previous 13 were quality starts. But still, that's yeah, very impressive. That's why it's it's hard to doubt Kyle Hendricks. I get it, but all right. 
We'll see what happens. Uh, let's stick with the Cubs here. Anthony Rizzo went two for four with his 13th home run. He has six hits, including two home runs over his last four games. Buy low, which I think you still can do. Uh, buy low or no thanks, bro. Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I kind of I kind of think he's jaggy at this point. So I'll say no thanks, bro. Yeah, the, the underlying numbers don't really suggest that there's a, a whole lot to get too excited about here. So um, I'm, I'm with Scott. Joey Votto, by the way, hit his 15th home run of the season in that game. 42 games now since coming back from the IL. 297 batting average with 10 homers. That is a 35 home run pace over 150 games for Joey Votto. He's up to 75% rostered. Would you guys consider dropping Anthony Rizzo for Joey Votto? I think it's close. I, yeah. I, yeah, it is close. I think... Look, I, I think I'd rather have Votto at this point. I just can't imagine dropping Rizzo is the problem. Like, yeah. I haven't seen anybody drop Rizzo in even my shallowest leagues. It's just it's just hard to picture that. But when the rubber meets the road, <laughs> Frank, when, when that rubber I would meets that road. You would certainly rather be using Joey Votto right now. And Yeah. You know, I, I guess the question comes, do you think you're going to miss Anthony Rizzo that much if something happens to Joey Votto? Well, that, yeah, that's true. And you it's may. August. I mean, it's basically August, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of. Like, I'm in a points league where the playoffs start in two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. in yeah. that kind of situation, like, I don't know if I would really worry that much about losing Anthony Rizzo in a, I mean, points is his better format, but it's also a shallow enough format that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just I, don't know if he's irreplaceable. I made that sort of, oh, okay, time to get urgent sort of move, which is <laughs> probably a bad adjective. That, okay, time to get urgent sort of move. Um, the other day, dropping Zach Allen yeah. in a 10-team league. It was a shallow league, but still, 10-team league where, um, where Patrick Sandoval was out there and there's a limit to the number of starting pitchers you could roster, so I said bye to Zach Allen. And... It could backfire, but there's not much time for it to backfire. Yeah, I will just point out with Anthony Rizzo, he has been the subject of trade rumors as well. The one that I kept hearing are the Boston Red Sox, which I think is a pretty natural fit. They can use a first baseman. They can use a left-handed bat. So if Rizzo goes to the Red Sox, that definitely helps his value. So just Does keep it? that in mind. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But Worst place to hit, but that lineup is it's so a much, good. It's a I, I don't much know, better I don't know if he hits a high percentage as his home runs the opposite way. But yeah, like that that's a horrible park for a left-handed hitter who's already struggling with power. Theoretically it is. That, no, that's fair. Definitely from the lineup from the ballpark context. I just thought like the RBI opportunities will be much more plentiful with the uh with the Red Sox. Last one I wanted to bring up here, Josh Donaldson went 2 for 4 with his 16th home run of the season on Monday. He is batting 296 with two homers over his last 7 games and this is kind of weird. It's kind of like Alex Kirilov, where all season long, these StatCast numbers have looked great for Donaldson, but it's not like he's been great. He's been just okay. 91st percentile or better in average exit velocity, hard hit rate, ex-woba, ex-slug, and barrel rate. Would you guys be looking to buy Josh Donaldson? I mean, he's I, been like a 30 homer, 90 RBI guy. Yeah, I dispute RBI, your claim that he's only been good. okay. I dispute your claim that he's only been okay. He's been he's been in and out of the lineup, and that's been frustrating. Yeah. What do you expect at his age? But when he's been in the lineup, he's been money. 
So is that a yes? You'd be looking to buy? Sure. sure. If I needed a third baseman, sure. Uh, yeah, you're right. Two, eh, 254, 869 OPS in July. I don't know. I, I looked at this earlier. I thought it was much worse, but he was very good in June as well. All right. Well, if you need a third baseman, third base is one of those positions where, like, if you just don't have one of the best, like, if you have it's Cabrian... Been, it's been rough. Yeah, like, if you have Cabrian Hayes and you've been kind of waiting on him, like, maybe you look to acquire a Josh Donaldson who can help you out right now because it's just it's not working out for Cabrian Hayes. Um, we are going to hit a quick break. Just real quickly, want to let you know the MLB trade deadline is approaching, so let nothing personal with David Sampson be your guide. David Sampson ran a Major League Baseball team for... 18 years, so he's no stranger to how trades go down, why trades get accepted, or why offers get a hard no. Nothing personal will have more than just winners and losers. David will provide expert insight and analysis on every trade, no matter what goes down at the deadline. Remember, it's just business. It's nothing personal. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Fantasy Feud, the first time I've ever hosted that here on this podcast. We'll do it next. Fantasy Baseball Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So admittedly, we started a little bit later. We, we always start late. But I, I had to go back to a 2018 podcast just to hear how Adam Azer would do it and kind of work in my own flavor here. But you guys wow. get the deal by now. I'll ask a question. You guys then need to buzz in. The way that you will buzz in is you will say your name. Chris will say Chris. Scott will say Scott. And you give an answer. If your answer is correct, uh, the other person can try and get a higher answer on the board, so on and so forth. You guys know how Family Feud works. We're basically just answer, uh, asking a bunch of fantasy questions at this point. Are you guys ready? I can't believe this is the first time you've hosted this. I thought we've done this more recently than than 2018. No, you did it back in 2019 as well, but I went I went all oh. the way back to like a 2018 <laughs> you podcast. You really explored those archives. All right, let's I, I, do it. I do that quite often, by the way, just because, yeah, Acer's the man. I like to see how he used to do it. 10 hitters with seven plus home runs in the month of July. Chris. Go ahead, sir. Oh, man, I had an answer. <laughs> oh, 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 Joey Votto. Joey Votto is incorrect. Oh, come on. Has, it, has this been updated with today's stats? No, right? Um, it, it has no, been. I think, he's only at, I think he's only at six. It has been updated with today's stats. And yeah, Joey Votto still doesn't make the cut. I always draw a blank. How about Freddie Freeman? <laughs> Freddie Freeman is not correct. <laughs> Back to you, Chris. <laughs> um, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is incorrect. Come on, that's almost always the right answer. <clears throat> Scotty? Oh, I know. No, wait a second. Oh, I seven or more home runs. Robbie Grossman. Not Robbie Grossman. <laughs> Juan Soto. Juan Soto is correct. He has eight oh. home runs in the month of July. He is second on this list, tied for second on this list. Chris, would you like to pass or play? Uh, definitely going to pass. You always play, Chris. You always play. No, you pass when the other guy doesn't know oh. anything. I was hustling you, Chris. It was funny. I was I listened when I listened back to that old podcast. You actually did the same thing. You you passed it, and Adam said the same thing. He was like, "You always play." Uh, Scott, you're up. Ten hitters. Well, now nine. Uh. 
with uh, seven plus home runs in the month of July. Juan Soto is second on this list with eight. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, let's go with. Uh, just gonna look at the list of team names here. Uh, I gotta guess somebody. Let's guess. Why is this so hard? I don't know. You guys are gonna Fernando Tatis. Are we dumb? Fernando Tatis is not on the list. That is your first strike. All right, there's there, a reasonable there, guess though. There's some. There's a mix of some pretty big names on this list, and and some not so much. <laughs> okay, my next guess for my next trick, I will go with. Why is this so hard? I feel like uh, he got hurt. Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is not on this list. Ah, darn it! Darn he's it! Been, hasn't he been bad in July? No, he's been no, he's bad. having a he's having a big July. <clears throat> All right. So for my next guess, <laughs> I will consider the options, and the one I'm going to arrive at is. Most definitely, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is on the list. He has seven home runs in the month of July. Mm, don't overthink it, Scott. Don't overthink it. All right. <laughs> you should, yeah, just stick with that trend. <laughs> For my next guess, <laughs> uh, who else is le- <laughs> among the league leaders in home runs? I'm going to go with Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is number one on the list with nine home runs in the month of July. I think it was two or three weeks ago before the uh, the home run derby. I was telling people to buy on Pete Alonso. At this point, it's a buy high. I would still be trying to do it. I, I think Pete Alonso is just going to have a really monster final couple of months. I'm going to close the comments uh, yeah. on the YouTube stream. <laughs> yes, close those. Stop <laughs> cheating, Scott. People are playing along at home. Sorry, I just realized that. Uh, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is not on the list. That is your third strike. Oh, we go over to Chris boo. P. Towers. Do you so have a guess? You just got to get one. Matt Olson. Matt Olson is correct. He oh. has seven home runs in the month of July. Dude, the, that's why I didn't play. The leaders here, we have Pete Alonso with nine, Juan Soto with eight. Rafael Devers hit his eighth home run of July on Monday as well. AJ Pollock has seven. Matt Olson has seven. Mitch Hanniger has seven. Max <laughs> Kepler has seven. Shohei Otani has seven. Eric Haas has seven. He hit his seventh home run of July on Monday. And Jorge Soler, guys. He just he hit his seventh home run <laughs> of July. Six, 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 six days. Six days right? so yeah. He only needed one in the first, like, 20. That'll do yeah. it. Uh, I did want you guys to rank. If you just need an outfielder, no specific need, AJ Pollock, Max Kepler, Jorge Soler. How would you rank those three? I would rank them. I think I'd put Pollock ahead of Soler and then Kepler third. Interesting. I was going to go Soler, Kepler, Pollock. Yeah. Kepler's been hot in the month of July. Batting average is up. He's hitting a lot of fly balls again, but they're obviously going over the fence. So that's helped with his, his batting average here. All right. We are going to move on. Five qualified starting pitchers have a swinging strike rate over 15% in the month of July. Huh. Scott Patrick Sandoval he is number two on this list Chris makes sense do you have a better guess than number two on the list Max Scherzer Max Scherzer is not one of them Scott would you like to pass or play only five I think I I think I better play 
Five qualified starting pitchers with a swinging strike rate over 15% in the month of July. Patrick Sandoval was number two on the list. By the way, he is still only 60% roster on CBS. That number needs to be higher. All right, Scott, you got to make a guess. Much higher, yeah. Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon is correct. He is third on this list. Uh, How about Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola is not over okay. 15% in July. How about... This is your stat, Scott. Your big swinging strike rate guy. Uh, in July. Brandon Woodruff's been good in July. How about Woodruff? Brandon Woodruff is not on this list. That is your second strike. All right. <laughs> well, uh, that happened quickly, didn't it? Um, right, almost right, right after you got your first one. <laughs> I did get one. Okay. Um, how about... No, I've gotten two. I've gotten two, Chris. Gotten two of the five. Stop stalling. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, Ray. Who is that? Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is not on this list. He's actually sixth. He has a 14.5% oh. swinging strike rate in the month of July. Chris, you have the opportunity to steal. Mm. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns is incorrect. There's tie game, baby. A tie game for Scotty Dubs. The five qualified starting pitchers with a swinging strike rate over 15% in July. Number one on this list, Frankie Montas. Number two, oh, that Patrick, makes sense. Patrick Sandoval is second. Carlos Rodon is third. Kenta Maeda is fourth on this list. Luis Castillo. Come on, Chris, your boy. Oh, yeah, I thought about Castillo. <laughs> but his strikeout rate hasn't been that good, so I was like... But the swinging strikes have. Yeah. Yeah. Luis Castillo and Carlos Rodon, we know, at least for me, I've, I've moved Castillo inside my top 20 starting pitchers rest of season. Yeah, uh, but how would you guys rank Montas, Sandoval, and Kenta Maeda rest of season? Because... I think they all should be inside the top 50 at this point. Maeda, probably Montas, and then Sandoval. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> I think I'm going to go Sandoval, with the Sandoval, Montas, order. Maeda. Uh, yeah, I want Sandoval most of all. I do. Wow. Yep. He is surging. The real deal. Surging up the ranks for Scotty Dubs. All right. We probably only have time for one more of these. Although Got to break the tie, baby. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'll let you guys. Those are tripled. I'll let you guys choose which one you want to go with. I have a question about expected batting average this season, qualified relief pitchers with a K per nine over 14, six qualified hitters over a 600 X slug. Uh, definitely not the relief pitchers one. <laughs> uh, let, let's go with the, uh, the, the X slug. You cool with that, Scott? Yeah, whatever. All right, six yeah. qualified hitters have an expected slugging percentage of at least 600 this season. Chris. Go ahead, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is first on this list. Would you like to pass your play? You know what? I'll play. I don't know if that's the right decision. It's always the right decision. It may have been the wrong decision, but (laughs) Vladimir Guerrero. He is fourth on this list. Okay. Fernando Tatis Jr. He is second on this list. All right. Uh, Matt Olson. Matt Olson is 
not on this list. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I thought of him too. Huh. Well, now see the those were the three that that seemed pretty obvious to me. Matt Olson, by the way, has a 549 expected slug this season. You already have Otani, you have Tatis, and you have Vlad Jr., three of the top four in the league. What about Nelson Cruz? Nelson Cruz is not on this list. He's always on this list. He he has a 534 X-Slug. He is 21st among qualified hitters. Man. I'm... Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo is not on this list. That is your final strike, sir. Joey Gallo has a 483 expected slug on the season. So just missed. All right, Scott, for all the marbles for the Fantasy Feud Championship, a qualified hitter over a 600 expected slug this season. I got three guesses, but I only can, I got to choose one of them. Two of the guesses wear my favorite Mm. team's uniform. He got so many bats hitting leadoff, he still qualifies, right? Ronald Acuna? Is that your final guess? Should it be? <laughs> he is not no, on like, this list. Oh, I said no. Yeah. No, no, neither, no. That was God, your neither, guess. Neither of your Atlanta Braves picks are on there. <laughs> neither of your Atlanta Braves. Uh, Ronald no, Acuna. My other guess was Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper is not on this list either. But okay. they, all rank, they all rank inside the top 13. So you were not far off by any means. Uh, the six qualified hitters over a 600 X slug this season. Otani, Tatis, Aaron Judge is third on the list. Oh, Vlad, thought, Vlad yeah. Jr. is fourth. Tyler O'Neill is fifth in baseball. Wow. He's got a 287 XBA, a 606 X slug for the season. And since the start Pretty of June, good. his strikeout rate is 27%. His walk rate is 8%. So improved plate discipline for Tyler O'Neill. Someone we don't talk about enough, but we were kind of waiting for it to fall off. He's come back down to earth, but he's still been very, yeah. very good. The other one would have never got it. Evan Longoria. Yeah, his expected stats were awesome. Yeah, before the injuries, he yeah. qualifies. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. I guess Statcast has a low qualification threshold. Come to think of it, oh, uh, theirs is based on batted balls. Yeah, balls yeah. in play. Uh, Evan Longoria, by the way, was also one of the eight qualified hitters with an XBA of three hundred or higher. I mean, so he has, and he has an eight ninety two OPS this season. It wasn't just the expected stats; he was actually really good this year. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, he's. Is he someone you would be looking to stash if you could or not that interested? Evan Longoria. Oh, I've got him stashed in a couple of deep leagues. He's 35% uh, 35% roster on CBS. I would say any league where 350 players are rostered, Longoria is worth stashing. I mean, I don't know. When's the last update we got? I felt like he he should he be back within about a, about 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And third base is a weak position, so. Yeah. yeah. I will just give you the those other eight eight qualified hitters with an XBA of at least 300 this season. Michael Brantley, Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman, Kyle Tucker, by the way, hit another home run on Monday. He is red hot. He's got a 274 batting average, a 312 XBA. So if you can somehow buy Kyle Tucker, um, the numbers say he should be even better. Juan Soto, Vlad Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Evan Longoria, the nine qualified relief pitchers with a K per nine over 14 this season. Paul Seawald is first in baseball. Aroldis Chapman, Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell, Liam Hendricks, Heath Hembry, who 
was not good again on Monday, but his underlying mm. numbers are much, much better. Uh, Matt Barnes, Devin Williams, and James Karinchak. All right, so Chris, you took it home. The Fantasy Feud Championship. Congrats, buddy. You got to know how to play the game, you know. I'd <laughs> like, to, like to thank all my fans out there. Uh, thank my parents. Thank God. You know, couldn't have done it without them. All right, we let's quickly hit some Monday leftovers. Bo Bichette hit his 18th home run of the season. Andrew McCutcheon went two for four with a double and his 18th homer. Reese Hoskins went one for four with his 22nd home run of the season. He is batting 273 with five homers in July. He really just had an awful June. Every other month has been pretty damn good for Reese Hoskins. Andrew Benintendi went two for four with his 11th home run, but is batting just 196 in 14 games since coming off of the IL. He's 66% rostered. Uh, Eric Haas, I mentioned, hit his 16th home run. 57% 57% rostered. Mitch Garver went two for three with two doubles. 61%. We're still Garver over Eric Eric Haas, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Garver. Garver, yeah, two doubles today coming back. Uh, and, and he's been... I, don't, I, I think you go back to the start of May, he's looked like 2019 Mitch Garver, who was far and away the best catcher per game, on a per-game basis. Uh, Michael Brantley added three more hits. He is batting 331 on the season. Kyle Tucker, I mentioned, hit his 19th home run his last 15 games. He's batting 340 with six homers and four steals. And uh, Carlos Correa, nice little bounce back here. Two for four with two doubles. So nice to see that. He's been uh, he's having a very, very slow July. So I did want to just point out Shohei Otani with the Angels started as their pitcher. On Monday, seven innings, five hits, one run, zero walks, five strikeouts. The ERA is down to 3.04 for Otani. The whip is at 1.13. A hundred strikeouts in 80 innings pitched. So you've heard me complain all season long. Why can't we get the stats for both? Yada, yada, yada. But I'm sticking with it. You know that like when in Little League, there's when like a team ekes into the playoffs and like but everybody's bad on the team except for this one kid who just does everything. <laughs> That's like what Otani, well, except the Angels aren't going to make the playoffs. No, there's no, they're not. the one tweet that I always see that's like every Angels game is like Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Arm Johnson in 1918 <laughs> as the Angels lost six to three to the Tigers. Yeah, it's like uh, that is the most accurate. So true. So true. The calls of the pen, some bullpen updates for the. Royal Scott Barlow gave up one run over two innings pitched. He earned his sixth save of the season. For the Reds, Heath Hembury was used in the ninth inning in a, in a tie game. He walked two, hit by pitch. Amir Garrett then came in and gave up a walk-off single to Javier Baez. For the Braves, Will Smith got his 20th save in game one. Then the Mets bounced back and won game two, where Edwin Diaz got his 22nd save. And then for the Red Sox, Matt Barnes got his 22nd save of the season as well. To stream or not to stream... For Tuesday, Spencer Watkins versus the Marlins, Tyler Anderson versus the Brewers, Brett Anderson at the Pirates, Austin Gomber at the Angels, Jordan Montgomery at Tampa Bay, and Shane McClanahan versus the Yankees. Uh, So like we said yesterday, McClanahan, Montgomery, Gomber, they all seem seem pretty good. Better better than we usually get with this segment. (laughs) Spencer Watkins in deep leagues, man. I'm a little interested, and and obviously just because it's the Marlins. But we'll see. For Wednesday, Andrew Heaney versus the Rockies. Jordan Lyles versus the Diamondbacks. Madison Bumgarner at the Rangers. Tyler McGill versus the Braves. Eric Lauer at the Pirates. And Jake Odorizzi 
at the Mariners. Uh, Odorizzi at the Mariners is a solid yeah. play. And uh, Haney, no. Haney versus Colorado. Yeah, that could go okay. I mean, he has an ERA over five. Yeah. But they're they're bad on the road, of course. The Rockies and, are. Tyler McGill yeah, against McGill. the Braves, just because he's been steady. Pretty good. Not a good matchup, but he's been steady. Yeah, he's been very solid. Team name Tuesday. Let's wrap up here. This one's from Rosenberg. Don't means to Harper any Noah I'm Baez, but are you Scherzer? Your wisdom isn't Eovaldi into rough waters? I mean, I don't I, believe yeah. this is his actual team name. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe it. Is that this is like team name paragraph. Don't yeah. means to Harper any Noah I'm Baez, but are you Scherzer? Your wisdom isn't Eovaldi into rough waters. So, yeah. Pretty good. From yeah. Joseph Vaughn, but not forgotten. What do you specifically think about this one, Scott? Vaughn, but not forgotten? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think it generally works better when you use one name as opposed to cramming four in there. Um, but I don't know. You could have done this with any other Vaughn who played baseball in history. So it's, you know, it's not particularly imaginative. All right. Joseph said in the email he wanted to impress you more than anybody else. So. Oh, well, well, I'm hard to impress. So <laughs> failed. From <laughs> Isaac in Minneapolis, Alcides Escobar and Rysel you a David Dollar. Sure, it's <laughs> pretty good. From John Teoscar the Grouch, one of my favorite Chappelle stand-ups. That's pretty good. Uh, from Chaz, Kelnickel Trials. <laughs> yep, uh, Cutchin some trout. Sure. From Jack Boyce, who, he's our guy. He's he's the team name Tuesday champion. Banda on the run. Banda yep. on the run. And then we have Alcantara, ra, ooh la la, want your bad romance. That's very good. That's, that's <laughs> solid. <laughs> Scott, what do you think about those two? Uh, I liked your performance. Well, thank you. Your performance sells it, I think. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap there for Scott and Chris. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.